Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode seven of Words Spoken. I'm your host, Henry. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, before I delve into who's coming on to the show this week, uh, I just want to say a quick something to everyone. Um, thank you very much for all the messages and support that I've been receiving over the past couple of weeks. Um, I've had lots of people kind of comment on all of the content on Instagram and send me private messages and stuff, just saying that they're really enjoying the content. Um, and yeah, I just want to say that I really do appreciate that. So thank you for reaching out. Um, I really, really want this platform to grow and grow and to evolve into something which becomes a part of the scene, but also can allow poets to come on and share their work with as many people as possible. And doing that is all down to you guys listening, tuning and sharing and commenting and so and so. So yeah, I just want to say thank you very much for doing that. So this week we've got Aisha coming on to the show. Um, If you want to give her a follow on Instagram, head to Aisha.jpeg. That's A-I-S-H-A-H dot JPEG, like the photo. Um, She brings us three really great poems. Uh, We have a great conversation. We talk about dating apps. We talk about the scene itself. Um, As you're about to hear, her poetry combines like really lovely, heartfelt concepts with with her sense of humor she's got an amazing sense of humor um as she kind of says in the episode as well she sees herself as a walking paradox um and i think that's certainly true she likes to deceive the first impression you may have of her so yeah she's a really 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 great person and uh i really like her work so the first poem we're going to hear is called To the man whose hand I accidentally caressed on the Jubilee line last Thursday during rush hour. Quite a mouthful. After that, we hear four Zinedine and then finally one and only, which will be up on our IGTV and also on YouTube. Um, so yeah, enjoy the episode. To the man whose hand I accidentally caressed on the Jubilee line last Thursday during rush hour, I've been thinking about you. And I've been wondering whether you felt it too, that spark. It was more than static between the softness of your skin and my polycotton blend. And I don't mean those furious bolts, racing through cables above our head. No, my love, it was you and I. To think, every moment of our lives has led to this, us. We origami folded onto the carriage, the air stale, pungent with the scent of body odour and tangerines. There was a boy in the corner eating tangerines, but let us not pay him any mind. I'm sure he is in the middle of his own love story. And yes, I admit, this may all sound a little crazy. There's a lot I do not know about you, like your name, or how you take your coffee, whether you put cereal or milk in first, if you cried during Toy Story 3. But that's okay because we have nothing but beautiful time to figure that out. The centre of the universe can be anywhere you want it to be. I hope you'd want yours to be me. Maybe not now, maybe one day. I'll gift you a compass. No matter which way this tumultuous life drags you, you can always find your way back to me. Keep it in your breast pocket. When your heart fails to guide you, know that I will never be far away. We will spend our Sundays in Ikea, making forts out of calyx storage units and those shitty faux fur rugs all Instagram influencers seem to have. And that may get us kicked out, but there is no one I would rather be banned from a multinational furniture conglomerate with than you. And I promise to be your best friend, to always be the little spoon while we watch Friends reruns, biscuit crumbs falling from marshmallow lips nestling in between the contours of our body as we mould ourselves into the cushions of our misshapen futon. I'll show you all of my private parts. 
not just the ones dressed in spiderweb lace, but the ones that have never seen the light of day. The parts of me that could so easily be the parts of you, and maybe one day that will be our truth. But for now, I will watch you walk away. You'll saunter out of Bermondsey Station, none the wiser. Oblivious to the girl that was too tooth and tongue to say hello. My jubilee line, sweetheart. In another life, I'll find you again. Hey, Aisha, thank you so much for that first piece. Um, that was really lovely. That was so great. <laughs> that was, um, yeah, that was a really awesome piece. And also, can I just say, you were the first person to come onto the show and bring me a gift. <laughs> And I feel like this is a trend I want to continue, to be honest. Oh dear, I'm so sorry to everyone coming <laughs> after me. You have gifted me a spider plant. Can can you tell me can you tell me the backstory here? This um, is wicked. So I bought a little one maybe back in February and you know, it's been chilling in my bedroom, yeah. getting bigger. And I eventually cut off the little baby cuttings of it. And now I'm just kind of giving them away as presents. <laughs> and since you've invited me here, I thought oh, I, I should a bring you one. I got spider plant. Well, honestly, it's so cute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it. Do you know what? I'm going to keep it right there. Yeah. It's going to become a part of the podcast. It's currently on the table, sat in front of us. And it's going to stay there. I need to think of a good name for it. I feel like whoever's listening, you guys should submit your name suggestions. Yes. <laughs> guys, we've got to name the plant. Okay. Very true. Um, <laughs> anyway, th- all a bit of nonsense. Uh, tell us a little bit about that first piece. The first piece we just heard from you was the piece uh, I heard the night we met. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it, I mean, in that room, it went down so well. Just, just then, it was really great. It's really funny. It's a real, like, light-hearted uh, story, right, um, of what was uh, going on in your head in that moment. Can you tell us about that actual moment? Like, when did that happen? Um. Well, okay, so I am a bit of a ridiculous person and I uh, tend to fall in love with strangers a lot. Um, And I feel like every day, like on your commute in coffee shops, you meet people and sometimes you have a moment where you'll catch each other's eye or smile or something like that. And I feel like those moments are filled with so much possibility in like an alternate timeline. Um, And yeah, and the Jubilee line on like, Monday morning, it's ridiculously cramped. So, you know, I've touched a few people in my time. And um, yeah, that's how the poem came about. Yeah, God, I like wonder where this infamous person is right now. Oh. Not knowing that he's got a whole <laughs> poem written right about him. That's, that's oh, just God. lovely. Yeah, I mean, I like to think it's lovely. He might think it's stalkerish. <laughs> but... <laughs> Was that, um, so I guess there's a couple of things I want to ask you about. Uh, the first thing is obviously, you know, that kind of first poem is touching upon, it's not, I guess it's not really dating and stuff, is it? Mm-hmm. But um, in a sense, we're going to get straight to the like deep questions because I feel like, you know, that's kind of appropriate. Um, is you're kind of pointing out something which we've lost a little bit in mm-hmm. the modern age, whereby people used to sometimes meet someone just by bumping into them or meeting them in a coffee shop or meeting them on the tube or, you know, grandparents speak about that. Oh, we met at the dance, you know, during the war, whatever. I don't know. That, <laughs> that, I think that's from a book. But uh, that's something that I feel like we've lost a little bit. Would you, would you kind of agree? And like, why do you think that is? Well, I mean... It's to do with the apps, isn't it? Tinder, Minder, Grinder, Juice Swipe. Like, Juice Swipe. I'm sure that's one. I'm sure I've heard <laughs> that. 
Um, and there's just so many for kind of everyone. So it's, I think in a way, it does make meeting somebody in theory a little bit easier but then you get the whole catfish thing people being fuck boys like mm. and then it's like oh you have to sort through all the trash to find someone really great yeah um but i mean that's dating in 2019 i suppose i know um and it's it's a bit shit but sometimes you find good gems um, i guess i guess in a way it's a bit of a double-edged sword isn't it because mm. maybe what happened in the past was there was no other way of meeting people but now there's this really annoyingly easy way of meeting anyone that, that you know, what the kind of loss of that is, is this. Uh, yeah, yes, is this. there's that. And then I guess in a way you kind of meet people that you never really would have mm. ever. Um, so, uh, all right. Okay. So I had <laughs> Minda, okay. which is Muslim Tinder uh-huh. for a little while. Yes. And I uh, connected with a gentleman from Belfast who you know is a writer very talented writer and you know we got along really well to the point where I jumped on a flight to go see him okay I I went to a different country to see a boy yep that's yeah from Minda yes you had but no he was fine great no no I'm sure like you didn't kill me or anything (laughs) that was that was a genuine concern like okay you're going to a different country to meet a boy what the fuck is wrong with you Aisha wait did you you had a phone call with him before this? Oh, yeah. I had known yeah. him for, a, you know, a few months. Okay, and then cool. um, it was coming to, to I went to uni near Birmingham mm-hmm. and there's a airport there and it was only 30 quid. So I was just like, do you know what, fuck it. Like, let me just do this. <laughs> and so I went and I saw the beautiful city of Belfast. Yeah. You know, went to a couple of museums and everything and it was really great. And I ended up meeting this boy off the internet and that was really great. And I never would have, wouldn't have met him had it not for been for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess from then on, the like, it didn't really work out? Or it I mean, Western Dutch. He texted me a couple yeah. of days ago. Yeah. Hey, that, that, <laughs> so that's a good, that's a good Yeah, it's out, a good outcome. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. There God. are good outcomes from these things, aren't there? There are, definitely. Like, I'm still in touch with, like, people off, off of these things. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's it depends... It's what you make of it, I think, in a way as well. Um, You can't take it too seriously, I think. Um, But yeah, no, it's weird. weird. (laughs) Especially because, so my parents were betrothed to each other. Ooh. as children okay um so wait it, does that mean that like their parents were like these guys are the, as in gonna... on my grandfather's deathbed he said to my father's mother oh <laughs> can you make sure my daughter marries into a you know a good family meaning yeah. you and it just so happened that when they grew up and it came to finding a partner they that happened they liked each other they like yeah and what? it's just so fucking romantic like what the hell that's amazing and here i am dealing with trash on the internet like what the hell <laughs> what a difference honestly <laughs> so so i guess yeah your insight in into these kind of things and as you said that feelings yeah, but that lucky man on the tube led you to write this poem. So what I want to so let's speak a little bit about spoken word. How long have you been doing it? Best part of a decade. Yeah, okay. If I'm honest. Yeah. So I the first video I ever saw of spoken word um is of Daniel Beatty and he was on Def Jam and his mm. poem oh I can't remember what it was called, but it's still up there, so if you want to have a look. Yeah. And it was called Knock Knock, sorry. It's called Knock Knock. And you know, it's this super powerful, he's American, so, you know, they have all their charisma and stuff like that. And then the last lines were like, knock, knock, who's there? We 
are. And I was just like, oh my God, like I need to be able to do this. He was just so captivating. Mm. And I was just like, oh my God, I want to be able to do that. There were people like in tears, like just so moved by his words. And that's all he was doing. He was just up there, him with his words, doing his thing. And I was like, oh my goodness. What like, what like was he talking about then? It was, was um, his father had gone to prison Mm. and it was kind of like, him almost parenting himself with the words that his father would have said to him um so it's so powerful so moving and i remember just i still sometimes i go back to it just to remind myself why am i doing this um and yeah that was that and i remember um i think i just wanted to make other people feel the way i did when i listened to him yeah um and I got involved with we had a poetry slam type club thing at school mm-hmm. um oh what you had that at school at school, at school yeah oh, okay. um, I, haven't, I haven't heard of yeah, anyone that had that very few people do that and then we this was back in 2009 maybe and um we entered like a slam it was called the London Teenage Poetry Slam and then I was like maybe 10 schools and we won my school won we had um there was a there was eight of us so we had two groups of four and we did um a poem each and we performed it and we won and we got we won a trip to Chicago (laughs) what Um, what's going on yeah wait how how old were you oh I was 12 13 12 13 and you want a trip to chicago with your poetry yeah Ooh. well not just me it yeah, was seven other people but with a team um yeah. but yeah so we won a That's... few months later we went and we went to um a little district called oak park or something like that in mm. chicago and we kind of went to um, a high school and we performed with their poetry club in like this massive showcase that they did in the autumn like hundreds of people turned out um and then we went into sort of like middle schools and did workshops with people like our age as well mm. um yeah it's a bit mad that is, that is that is incredible it was um we went with his name is jacob sam LaRose and he's the convener of the barbican poets po- uh program okay. at the moment there you go um and i think the year we did it which was tw- 2009 was the last year that they did it so just you just feel really lucky to be able wow. to have that opportunity and to know that you were the last one so at 13 years old you were in the u.s <laughs> off the back of your poetry with the team with the team but, yes. but still i'm gonna phrase it i'm gonna phrase it in a way which you know makes you sound good um, that's incredible that's yeah. really cool what an amazing opportunity to be a part of at yeah. such a young age Definitely. i've not heard of that and then since then so it's been about a decade i'm 23 yeah. now so since then it's been on again off again like because life gets in the way you know yeah yeah um so like writing and things like that and so when i was at uni my third year we actually had a spoken word poetry module that i did uh-huh. um and that kind of made me fall in love with it again and i did a slam when i was at uni and now that i'm back in london um well i don't have an excuse not to open mic <laughs> anymore so um, Where, which uni was that i went to warwick oh, okay. and we had a spoken word program that one of the members of the creating writing mm. creative writing department sorry um kind of came up with from scratch himself yeah and um it's really great because now i could appreciate it before for the sake of poetry but now i kind of look at performance and writing in a more academic way yeah which isn't necessarily a good thing like i know a lot of people think oh poetry it's like fucking keats and whatnot but (laughs) 
it's it does help with things when you're writing and I feel like as a performer I am more conscious of what I'm doing yeah I mean I I obviously didn't know that about you but I think it actually totally makes sense because when I was reading for your work um the one kind of thing I noticed is when I when I met you on on that night I was like you you performed the piece we just heard and you absolutely nailed it and it was really really funny and like the audience was right was right there with you um and then when I was reading through it on a page it, it often people's work comes alive on the stage yours does but it also is alive on the page and I was like reading through it like oh this is actually like I don't know it's just weird I I just kind of noticed that even though it is really good performed live it's also really good Mm -hmm. reading it and that's not often something I've come across normally it's one or the other I think when I write poems I'm very much I write to perform so I write for the stage Mm. and I whenever I write something down I'll always like talk to myself like a crazy person and see how it sounds because at the end goal I do want to share it um whereas with other people you know they write things for themselves and that's it and that's so fine Mm. um but I think it's very much ingrained in my process of making sure that things sound right yeah 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 um so so I guess you've had a bit of background in it from a like uh in from a from from your uni course right mm-hmm. and you can use that in a way to apply that to your life setting because you literally did a spoken word course yeah. i'm jealous of that. <laughs> that sounds really cool um okay so i want to move on to your second piece yes now uh the title of your second piece is for zinedine, zinedine I, I yeah. that right. good cool um do you want to give us the preamble for this piece tell us a little bit what it's about when when you wrote it what mm-hmm. what, what we can expect from it um, so this is called For Zinedine, and Zinedine is the love of my life. He is my baby cousin. He is through three years old in January, mm. and I just, oh, I love him so much. I love him so much, and sometimes it scares me. Um, and I just, it was kind of like a big sister advice type of thing, like, mm. you know, what to expect from the world. Um, and, yeah, it was just... It's kind of like a letter for him for when he's a little bit older and he's, you know, learning things and figuring things out and kind of establish his place in our family and in the world. Um, yeah. Great. Well, <laughs> look, this was, this was another piece that when I read it, I was like, mm, mm. <laughs> so uh, it, it's a really great piece. It's really lovely. Um, so, yeah, the second piece we're going to hear from Aisha is called For Zinedine. I'm a bit tired of cleaning up your shit, Piggy. Quite literally, you're still in nappies, and as your big cousin, poop duty more often than not falls upon me. It's a good thing you're so damn cute. When you were born, everything changed. Not just because your birthday is the first of the year, but because every moment in the history of the universe led to you. Your bones and blood are filled with supernovas. The remnants of galaxies that existed long before you and I pulsate through your body. Angel-faced boy, don't tell me you're not magic. You are the youngest of 16 grandchildren, so you can guarantee that you're always going to be the baby. But with the bat of an eyelash, you're going to be my age, and I'll... Well, we're not going to talk about how old I'll be. I'm not going to lie to you, my love. It's not going to be easy, this whole life business. You're going to meet people that aren't as sweet as you. 
that will use your masterpiece heart as mosaic pieces of their own and though my hands are minuscule they are large enough to catch those falling fragments I promise. Zinedine Zachariah your name translates as the beauty of the faith and God has remembered so make sure you remember where you come from who you come from. Our grandfather was a brave man, his face buried in thick, tangled vines, but with the biggest blossoms for eyes that you've ever seen. You would have loved him. And though he never got to meet you, your iris glistens with the same flecks of gold and ambition as his did. You're destined for great things, little man. Knowledge is the greatest tool that you will ever have. Nurture your mind. Water it with the contents of books and the opinions of those more intelligent than you. Fall in love with words, then fall in love with you. Write love letters and send them to yourself. It matters most if you like you. Don't be a dick, but if you are, then always apologise. Treat people like the stained glass windows that they are and remember to call home. Your mother will always miss you. I should probably stop calling you piggy, stop pinching your cheeks whenever I see you, stop telling strangers that I cleaned up your shit, but one day, years from now, when you're much bigger than I wish you'll ever be, turn down the music, pause the TV. When life comes knocking, you're going to want to hear it. Oh, that was so lovely. Thank you so much for that. What a lovely piece. What a lucky little boy that guy. When he grows up, right, (laughs) at some point he's going to hear those exact words, hopefully via this podcast. (laughs) But if not, like, you know, that, I'd be so, I'd feel so touched if Um, I was uh, a smaller person going into that, if I was little piggy. (laughs) (laughs) It's really cool. And I see sort of like, because I babysit him quite a lot. So, mm. you know, we'll be hanging out and sometimes because I say it so often, he'll say, oh, my goodness. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> this tiny person. And I'm teaching him things. Um, <laughs> but no, he's the best. And yeah, that love is, him very much. Yeah, that is so cute. I, yeah, I just can't wait for him to be old enough to be able to kind of understand yeah. those concepts. <laughs> um, you, you have a really good way of kind of mixing... Uh, really like funny stuff with actually really heartfelt stuff where do you think that comes from is that from your personality is that like where do you think you get that from I think a lot of the time I don't try and be abstract with what I write about I think the best poetry is about what you know and what you've experienced and say I can write about my relationship with my cousin and the strange man on the train but I can't write about say what's going on and a war-torn country and stuff like that so I feel like it's very much how I feel about x y and z and I think I just I don't don't know I think whenever (laughs) I mean I guess it's a hard question to yeah I mean I've never really thought about my style in that way. Um, And I guess when I write, I I have in mind that I want it to resonate with as many people as possible. Mm. And which is not to say that I dilute myself for the sake of the audience, but more so if there's somebody in the audience who's like, oh, a poetry slam, what the fuck is that? I'd want them to go away and like, oh, you know, that was all right. Um, 
because when you say that, oh, I'm going to sort of like a poetry night, that can often have its own negative connotations like we've talked about in like previous episodes of like mm. your school experience and things like that. But spoken word most definitely is not the case. It's not, you know, us being in a stuffy classroom and learning about these dead white people. It's, mm. you know, us and our stories. And it's so in this moment that I feel like there's something for everything and everyone and I feel like especially so you saw me at po- uh, Poets Dictionary right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I was really nervous going up because we had oh, yeah why well, I, number one I get the worst stage fright and yeah. so badly like you you can feel the stress <laughs> exude out of me I get such bad stage fright oh, no. but um so signing up for the open mic I I think I was like seventh and then all the other people in front of me, they had such sort of like intense, powerful, kind of woke, poignant poetry. And I was just like, oh, shit, I'm talking about a stranger and touching him. Like, what the fuck? So I was just like, oh, no, everyone's going to think I'm stupid. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, you write about what matters to you. And if this encounter with a stranger has propelled me into writing this poem that hopefully other people can kind of appreciate and identify in their lives then i think eh, it doesn't matter if it's a bit stupid it's a job well done no i think i think so we we had this chat uh when we saw each other again uh, off the chest yeah i think so um and it was yeah i guess i guess it is kind of funny because when you're when you're coming up when you're a part of a lineup and you're it's kind of coming up to your set and you see people ahead of you like you said that were like very serious or they tell you about something which is like incredibly personal and like revealing and it's very hard for them to do that and yeah sometimes you're coming and i remember your the one you did it off the chest was oh, hilarious oh, yeah the infamous dick poem <laughs> yes the infamous <laughs> dick poem uh it was really good um but yeah i guess but then i have to remind myself because i i i tend to do similar stuff to you in a way and this is why we had this conversation but i think we should which you already have remind ourselves that um everyone brings their own style Mm -hmm. and uh forcing yourself to write in any other way does a disservice to the audience and and yourself um and yeah the 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 only way to write your best stuff is to do it from Mm -hmm. the heart and whatever comes out when you're tapping away or you're writing away that's what you should be writing um so yeah keep on going at it don't but but i know exactly what you mean i think it took (laughs) a long time for me to be comfortable in who i was as a writer and a Mm. performer i think because you just it's so easy to think and see like what you should be doing and what you should sound like and oh you know people are performing in a certain way or they're writing about certain things and it's just like well no I want to write about the cute boy in Starbucks you know (laughs) and that's not any more or less valid than say more intense pieces about genocide yeah 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 and and also I think the other thing uh to point out is um Often at these open mic nights, like a lot of the content can be quite heavy. Not, mm-hmm. not, not always. Yeah. Sometimes you get more, but often it is. So a little jink in the lineup, <laughs> or someone that's going to throw you off guard, like yourself, actually goes down even better because it isn't what they've just heard mm-hmm. in 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 a in a way. Um, yes, and I think you nail that. You nail that kind of tone perfectly. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great to hear. And um, so as a, 
I'm quite small. I'm five foot tall, you know, and whenever I perform, I try and look extra adorable because... <laughs> that is not a stretch. <laughs> because you, you know, as a sort of like tiny veiled person, people expect me to be a certain way. And then I get on stage and I say the first line of my poem is, you know, I cried the first time I saw his dick. People are going to be like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on here? So it's that sense of having the expectations of your audience and then just knocking them out of the park yeah and which i feel like them. you get a bit of a kick from that <laughs> i, I, I can do see. i do why okay so why why do you think those expectations are there then and what kind of if can you give some examples of those and how you've seen those play out i mean i think it's just a natural thing to see if someone is kind of like dressed in a certain way or if they're just their body language or something like that is when they go up onto stage, um, you kind of have these expectations or mm. yeah, expectations in a way of what's gonna what they're gonna say and things like that. And it's just kind of playing off against that um as a performer because performance I feel like is an act of persuasion. That's what the academic thing is uh-huh. that we covered. And I feel like if you kind of know what you want your audience to feel, you can tap into that and kind. I think it elevates your performance because mm, mm. everything is way more, you're more conscious of everything, I feel. And it doesn't, it just, I don't, yeah. No, I mean, right. I, I guess, I guess in a way you're one step ahead of the audience. You're like, you're like, I'm, I'm coming up here. You're thinking this of me and I'm about to, you know, you're kind of, yeah. you're, you're, you're adding in another layer to your performance. I yeah. Guess I feel say. like there's nothing, there's nothing authentic. Well, actually, no, that, that's a bad, no, <laughs> full stop, a, nothing full authentic. Stop. There is nothing authentic. You heard it here first and we're spoken. Yep. 40 <laughs> marks, discuss. No, um, I feel like when it comes to performance, don't think that the performer is just doing it off the bat. There is some thought that's gone into mm, it behind their true. words, behind their emphasis, where they're pausing, where they want you to have that pin drop moment. Um, so it's like, it is very much a science. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I guess that that's actually something I've never really thought about. And it's a subconscious thing that a lot of people, they don't realise. Like mm. there are poets, and I've noticed this at open mic nights, they have their stage voice and I have my stage voice yeah. but it's like something you just turn on and you don't even think about it but mm. you you have because when you've practiced your piece that's how you've recited it yeah so you kind yeah. of go back into that zone yeah. into that mode or whatever and suddenly that's what you sound like when mm. you're on stage but then I guess you're right as well because there's also yeah you're, with the certain gaps the 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 parts where you highlight you, I guess your subconscious brain is thinking, well, I'm just trying to make this thing flow better. But actually what your brain is kind of doing is highlighting the bit which it cares about the most. Or, it's like do you, know what I mean? you want the audience to yeah. listen to this part, mm. you know, with that pause. I never thought of it like that, but I think you're 100% right on that. That's really mad. <laughs> um, I guess that's what you get when you actually studied it actually as study an actual it, yeah. thing. You get to think about this critically, um, which is really cool. Um, so do you know what? Uh, I want to, I'm just wondering, maybe I'll chat myself. I, no, as you know what, I'm going to do it now. Uh, what role would you say spoken word has played in your life? So how would your life be if you didn't do spoken word poetry? Oh my 
how different would it be? Would it be any different or, you know, what role does it play? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't imagine life without it. Mm. Not because it's been something absolutely constant in my life for the last 10 years, but more so there are such kind of pivotal moments in my life that have been tied to spoken words. So that trip to America when I was, you know, 13 years old and performing in slams and that module, because in that module, I remember I met some really great friends who I'm still in touch with, you Mm. know, performing at open mics, like in London, I've met other great people and I'm here now doing this really cool thing. (laughs) And it's just not only has it afforded me some really great experiences and stories, but I guess in a way it's, I use it to cope in a way Mm. to write. And I feel like almost everyone does, you know, they write things down and sometimes it turns into poetry. Sometimes it just goes straight in the bin, but that's fine. That's how I kind of deal with things. And it's, I guess in a way it's kind of my love language in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by that? As in, also that poem for my cousin Zinni, it's kind of like, I struggle with emotion, which what? like so badly. No. I am I am so fucking awkward. I, <laughs> I am. And this surprises a lot of people, but I'm so bad with I mean, emotions. I am definitely one of those people that is surprised. Like it's no, you don't. It's just so bad. Like my friend told me she loved me the other week and I punched it. Like, why? <laughs> why are you doing that? Stop making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> So for me, like writing things for people that I care about is my way of saying, Uh, I do care about you. I'm just a bit cold on the surface, but that's just how I roll. Yeah. Um, And yeah. Did you actually punch her? Yes. Why (laughs) is she doing that? Like she knows I don't like it. It doesn't matter. Just keep your emotions to yourself. said said the poet this is confusing just i'm a walking paradox henry (laughs) gosh um i love that i love that yeah cool okay look um i want you to tell us about your third piece you're gonna do your third and final piece time is literally what is happening how is it going so quickly um so yeah tell us about your third piece what is the preamble what is the setup so or, this or, is, or you can just jump straight in it's your it's yeah your, your um, choice. i think it's pretty self-explanatory oh, yeah? so yeah i think Actually, so where's my oh god the amount of times i forget what people's poems are called <laughs> i've got the pieces of paper so wait, i've got it oh great so the third and final yeah. piece you're going to do is called one and only yes because um, it's the one and only poem i will write about this subject okay um yeah Great. Okay, cool. Well, look, I can tell that uh, this one is going to be great. I, I've read, I've, <laughs> well, I've read, I like, this again was, was another one I was reading and I was like, wow, okay, this is powerful. And I can tell in your kind of like demeanour, you've gone in your serious oh, stance. Oh, so uh, I feel like we're in for a treat because of that. So yeah, thank you for sharing. I'm going to start with that. Um, so yeah, the third and final piece we're going to hear from Aisha is one and only. It was supposed to end in a dress, in confetti and cream cheese. There were supposed to be a thousand peonies, lavished upon centrepieces and walkways, in blush and coral and white and rose. They're my favourite. 
it was supposed to be you and me. Rather, it ended in Calibri's size 11 font, quoting Lady Macbeth. It ended with midnight hurricane tears, with monsoons in my lungs. You used to make fun of me for not knowing how to swim. I didn't think you'd be the one to make me drown. We had a game where we'd take turns and trace our fingertips over each and every part of the other's body. I'd start with your nose, bop the end and watch it bounce back. And then you... You'd brush the hard of your nail against my gossamer cheeks. It wouldn't take long before we swapped trailing fingers for kisses. You planted your lips like fat flower bulbs on the brown of my skin, leaving no inch bare. They never blossomed, poisoned at the root. I think of them like paper cuts now, the remnants barely visible, excruciating to remember. I said that I was okay, that it wasn't meant to be. I didn't want you to think that I was weak. What I really meant was no, it's not okay. This is the furthest from okay I could possibly be. Fuck okay. My body became prisoner to my bed and I tried to escape, but every time I was dragged back by the stony grip on my heart, I spent all my waking hours detailing a treasure map of how I got into this mess in the first place. You let me believe that it was my fault, that I was to blame. Well, fuck you. My tear ducts have run dry. There is no warmth left in me for you. This poem is not about you. Nothing about me will ever be about you again. This is about learning how to feel whole again. This is about finding your feet when the ground beneath you have given way. This is about remembering that we are made of galaxies. That we, we have stardust in our soul and magic in our walk. When a boy tells you he loves you, do not believe him. He is just a stupid boy. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, that was really great. That was really lovely. Um, yeah, and as you kind of just said, that yeah, that kind of does bring out maybe a slightly new new side of you that I haven't seen, um, which is really cool though, because you know, even though we said you have a certain style with your writing, there's always other avenues mm-hmm. that you can Definitely. pursue and explore about yourself. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that with That's us. Right. That is going to be up in glistening video format. <laughs> it's going to be on IGTV now, and it's also going to be on YouTube. My so goodness. if you're listening, make sure you go and check it out. Maybe you've already seen it. Um, but yeah, make sure that you do that. Um, and support Aisha as much as you can. Um, so yeah, I guess my final kind of questions in, are in the area of what um, what nights do you go to in London? Like, what is your preferred type of night, type of scene? You like kind of spoke briefly about slams mm-hmm. and stuff. Have have because I've actually never gone gone to a slam. Have you gone to a lot of them, or is, I, are those more of your kind of thing? I mean, if they come up. Then yeah, it's just I live in East London, so um, there are you you don't have a reason not to go. I feel like because there's so many around. There are um, e- endless amounts yeah, around there. Aren't definitely, <laughs> and I feel like because so I've only been performing. I, I didn't perform for about over a year, um, and so when you saw me at Poet Strictionary like maybe two months ago, that was the first time I had got up on stage in a year. In a year. In a year. Are you joking? <laughs> and so I promised myself that um, I do at least one open mic every month and try and do new material. So that way I'm getting into writing and right. more performing. Um, because, 
Yeah, it's just something that I really want to give a go. Yeah. And I feel like the the London poetry scene is just so so supportive first mm. and foremost. Um and just it's just a really cool thing to be a part of and because it still feels relatively young um in a way that you can kind of have an impact, have an influence if you really tried. Yeah. Um and yeah, so I'm going to yeah, just open mics. I feel like open mics are good because they they're just so safe and you know, it doesn't matter if you fuck up on stage. Like everyone there is just going to cheer you on and say like, "Oh, come on, you know, you can do yeah. this." Um and they they're just so great. So I'm really glad that so Poets Dictionary, Off the Chest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Chocolate Poetry Club <laughs> that we seem to mention every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just loads of cool events that are happening. And I know um, like poets, they're having, they're starting their own nights as well. Yeah. So there's more and more like um, Bjork, Bring Your Own Bars or something. That yeah, that spoken. is, uh, whoa, will this episode be out before then? Uh, can't quite work it out. I think but that's let's... on the 11th. I think it's beginning of December. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah, the 11th. Um, I think I'm it's like, next week. It's, it's, I it's think next it's next Monday. Week. Yeah. It's going to be like uh, before f- this comes out. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it but, was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was um, Soft Spoken Poet, yeah. right? The, the, yeah, the guy that wrote that. Um, and A's is going to be feet is going to be featuring. Yeah, also yeah. oh, has featured that. Oh, this is confusing. But yeah, um, so, after yeah. <laughs> so he did the first episode, right? And so yeah. I think you must have mentioned that I was going to do an episode, and he messaged me uh, just yeah. completely out of the blue. And it's like, oh, you know, hi, and, it's, and now we're internet besties. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Will you be going to that? Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. You should be. <laughs> It's it's very far. It's, it's so when, far away. Yeah. So far away. So we'll see what the Jubilee line is saying. Maybe yeah. I'll fall in love with somebody again. <laughs> Maybe you will. Maybe that's an opportunity to get on the Definitely. Definitely. That's why I take public transport to fall in love with strangers. Ah, that's a perfectly... Yeah? No, I just, that's a perfectly yeah. normal thing to do. No, find Aisha a, hash, uh, a husband 2020. <laughs> that's my hashtag going into the next year. <laughs> Watch out, TFL. <laughs> we got Aisha on the on the prowl. Oh God, this is going on. I really, this is. I just about oh. to say that. I, we just said there's a video of you up there now speaking. Uh, and uh, can you imagine if someone comes up on the tube and like, oh, I think I saw your oh, word spoken oh, thing, God. and you wait. No, and this is a positive thing. And then you meet him, and then you fall madly in love, and everything you want happens. I feel like. I would be really honoured if that happened. I'd feel a part of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Could I be best man if Of course. Okay. Of course. But it was just like, I feel like if that were to happen, he'd just be aware of all of my crazy (laughs) right at the beginning. Right, there wouldn't be any teasing. Yeah, exactly. No, I like to show them, you know, as months go on. But with this, just, whoa, she is fucking mental, (laughs) you know? And then he's committed. So then, you know, he really loves you. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, look, um, this is look. We're, we're literally going to have to wrap this yeah. up. I can't actually believe it's kind of come this uh, fast, really. Um, but um, you've been an absolute <laughs> pleasure to have on the show. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, and I think as you self-described yourself, is that who you say? 
Describe yourself. As you describe yourself, yourself, a walking contradiction. Oh, gosh. I think you are. And I I didn't, uh, I think I kind of knew that about you from the first night I met you. But it's been great to have a conversation with you and kind of really explore Mm. all of that. Um, And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Remind people where they can follow you on Instagram. Uh, My handle is Aisha.jpg. I have a question about that. Why is it called JPEG? It's just like, like the photo. Yeah. Is that it? Because I'm like so edgy, Henry. <laughs> I'm so edgy. I was confused. <laughs> I thought maybe it's like, I, I didn't know what it was. No, I was like, was that the... initials for something? No, it's the camera file, it, isn't it? The... Uh... <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's just Aisha.jpg. Aisha.jpg. Um, okay. And then one other brief thing. You, you kind of t- touched upon it, but plans, plans for the future. You want to keep up the monthly spoken word nights and you want to keep on writing yeah maybe give it a few years maybe release a couple things we'll see definitely um, yeah no it's still so early on in my career Mm -hmm. um as a poet and like i said i've only been doing this for like a couple months now like returning to it yeah returning to it um and so i think it's just dusting off the cobwebs and getting into the swing of things and it's just so great so mm. and thank you for having me like no, you've had not... such great people on and i'm just like oh my god like what the hell why <laughs> what no um, but literally not at all when i saw you the first night i knew knew you were oh. gonna come on um the one yeah the one the one thing i uh i don't know whether i'm uh someone that can give advice i feel like i'm not really but the one <laughs> thing i've learned from uh talking to these amazing poets uh that we've had on is uh everyone's kind of like thing that they want to do is collaboration Mm -hmm. and i feel like uh this poetry community is such a wealth of untapped talent Mm -hmm. that that's what we should all be doing so um that's why i kind of well a want to start this podcast b get people like you on but also i think yeah i don't know so that's just kind of something i feel like i should tell people and maybe we should think about doing stuff together because if we can show people what really goes on at these open mm-hmm, mic nights and how much talent people have, people are going to want to hear it. I'm convinced. And we do that through working together, I yeah. think. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's my, like, that's my ending, yeah. like, mantra for the <laughs> for It's a good episode. one to have. Yeah. So, cool. Look, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Sorry. Um And, yeah, uh, Aisha.jpg. Yeah. Spell, did, did, did you spell Aisha? Uh, it's A-I-S-H-A-H. There you go. Cool. Um, wicked. So, yeah, thank you for coming down. Thank you for sharing your work. Um, it's been an absolute treat. And we will see you all next week. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs>